What's up, traders? Welcome to the Day Trading Show. Today, we sit down with a special guest, Manny Ramirez. Now, Manny is a trader based in the U.S. who has a ton of experience with Forex pairs and U.S. oil. So if you're a day trader slash swing trader, you're going to love this episode. I want to remind you guys before we get into it that the ASFX TV free trial is still available down below. So if you want to trade live with me and our team of professional traders every day, London session and New York session, just click the link in the description wherever you're listening or watching. And there's a link there for a three-day free trial. So check that out. Now, enough out of me. Enjoy this conversation with Manny Ramirez. What's going on, traders? Welcome back. So we have a very fun and exciting episode today. We're joined by Manny Ramirez. Manny is a Florida trader like me. Manny's been in ASFX for how long, Manny? About a year, we'll say, year and a half? Yeah. Close to a year now. Manny's also been to a seminar in person in Miami. It was Miami, right? Yeah. Yep. And then now just finishing up the Black Shirt Club. So Manny's got a lot of experience to speak from, and that was why we wanted to bring him on. I think that Manny can help some of you guys that are new or struggling just really understand that this is a process. Learning how to trade is a process. There's a learning curve here, but there are things you can do, and I think Manny's going to share some today, that'll shorten your learning curve or, or cut that learning curve into a smaller amount of time. So Manny, I'm looking forward to this, brother. I know we can we can talk about a lot, so this will be fun. I'm, I'm glad you uh, are willing to give us the time. And we got James here with us today as well. James with the goat chain as usual. So this will be uh -huh. good. James will make sure that I'm not running and hogging the whole episode here. But let's uh, let's begin with you know a little intro to you, Manny, if you don't mind. Just kind of kick us off, let everybody know, like I said, how long you've been trading. We kind of touched on that for a second already, but you know, Anything you'd like to share with the audience to just let them know who you are and, and maybe how you trade, what your approach is? Sure. So obviously, like I also said, my name is Manny. Um, I really appreciate you guys actually inviting me to be on the podcast. I've always wanted to do something like this. So again, I really appreciate you guys inviting me and letting me have the chance to do this. Um, so I am a personal trainer slash sport performance coach. That is my day job. I also coach baseball. Uh, very passionate with also coaching, just like you guys are. I've been trading for roughly just over two years now, maybe two years and three months, two years and four months. Um, I'm obviously a part of the Backshirt Club. And like Austin said, I think understanding, everyone understanding what is your own learning curve, understanding that everyone's journey is different. But what really helped me uh, take that leap, I feel to progress my trading was just taking ownership of my own results, not mm -hmm. blaming anything else, just understanding that, hey, especially with the Blackshirt Club, Tom's Tom's Excel sheet is incredible and it forces you to look at yourself and what you're doing every single day so you can't say well this was because of this or this was because i know i made these mistakes i'm going to take ownership of these mistakes i'm not going to blame anyone else i'm not going to blame the market i'm not going to blame anything just put it back on yourself once you do that and accept that hey my tip or my stats are a reflection of where i'm at which is okay it's okay to be where you're at i think most of us struggle because as traders we gauge our own value based off how much are we winning and losing. And I can understand why you would do that, but I don't think you should do that until you're actually prepared to do that. Most people are judging themselves after maybe a year, a year and six months, or maybe you had a nice little run and all of a sudden you're not doing so well and you think you're a bad trader. You're not a bad trader. You just don't understand maybe certain nuances that are hard to understand if you haven't been doing it long enough. So once you understand, hey, this is where I'm at, um, I shouldn't judge myself based off how well I'm doing because I'm really not ready to be judging that way. 
right? Like we all played sports. All three of us here play sports. Like, do we judge ourselves based on our performance? Yeah, absolutely. Is trading a performance-based job? Yes, it is. Absolutely. But understand, it's not like you take a high school kid and throw him into the pros and say he sucks just because he's struggling. Like there's a certain time that he needs to develop and adjust to the league he's playing at to then actually be able to properly judge him. And I think if we can actually give ourselves some grace in that learning curve, we can help ourselves actually accelerate that learning process because we're more open to, hey, this is just where I'm at. And this is where I need to focus on. It speeds up that learning curve because our energy now isn't on these mistakes, but what do I need to do to get better? If that makes sense. Makes so much sense. Yeah. It's so well said, bro. It's like you've uh you speak it like a veteran trader, Manny. Like that's that whole opening right there to me, it it sounds like experience. Like you've gone from struggle to success, and it it's like you know the path is not easy, it's not clear, but you know that, like you said, I think that self being very self-critical almost, right? Is it is it safe to say it's absolutely yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like on a daily basis of like trying to be held to a really high standard. I think that that in any sport, in any career, I think that is what the most successful people are doing. I mean, like James, speak on something. I mean, we know you're a big golfer, bro. The guys who play together, like in that Netflix show we were talking about, it was, um, who was it? It was JT, right? And Justin Thomas and and Jordan Speed. Speed. They're like buddies, but how competitive are they at at the end of the day? Yeah, and like very how high so. is the standard that they hold each other to? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. They can joke around and I and uh, and and have fun, but at the end of the day, they want to take each other's heads off. They want to beat each other at the end of the day. But um, Manny and I actually have uh, in the Black Shirt Club, so I, I was Manny's uh, coach, and and Manny and I have, have worked pretty closely for the last what uh, twelve you know, since the beginning of you know, beginning of December last year. That's right? my Manny bad for not giving right. you credit for that, bro. I should have given yeah, you credit. Uh, right. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, so, and it's now almost the end of March, right? 2023. So, uh, and many, and I always like to use like, um, a couple of sports analogies, you know, my stupid sports analogies on our calls and that, but, um, I think many understands them coming from a sports background, but one of the things, uh, many and I always spoke about was just winning the day and maybe many can speak a bit more on that. But, um, I think in trading, we, we think, um, you know, I think a lot of the time, we we have a big picture in mind, but we get co- uh, too caught up in the day-to-day uh, outcomes. But if you just win the day with your process each day, that can you know lead to the bigger term uh, uh, outcome getting taken care of itself. Same as same as in sports. So many maybe many you can speak about what you think winning the day uh, is is for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, to to what James said, it's the process. Don't focus on the result. Again, it goes back to where are you in your journey and focusing on what you need to work on. So James being my coach, when I first came in, the first thing we worked on was cutting my losses. So that was just the first thing we worked on. Did I have a ton of other stuff I needed to work on? Yeah, absolutely. But we understand that it's just, we chip away. It's brick by brick, right? We build that foundation. And that's what it looked like for me. It's focusing on whatever process James wanted me to focus on and then getting better at that thing. Whether it was, okay, cutting my losses. Maybe I'm focusing on how the quality of my first trade. I would usually win one trade, lose one trade. Win one trade, lose one trade, or vice versa. And it was, hey, make sure that that first trade you take is actually your best trade. So understanding all the different nuances, and again, it takes time, but understanding what it is that you need to work on and giving yourself time to work on that stuff. Um, Austin, me and James are on a call this, this Sunday with the Blackshirt Club, and we talked about different things like that and how everybody's learning curve is different. And I had mentioned how 
I had learned certain things or I could only retain so much information when I first joined ASFX. So I needed a certain amount of time to just get used to the information I had just absorbed before I could add new information. But once I gave myself all those repetitions, right? And I learned from those repetitions, which meant making those mistakes, but they weren't really, it wasn't a negative thing. They helped me learn. And it was from those lessons that I was able to continue to slowly make those adjustments, but it took repetitions. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in one week. Right. It really took a lot of time and effort and focus and intentionality and in, in what that process was not worrying about my PNL that really helped make a big difference for me. Yeah. It's well said. How many hours do you think you're giving to your trading every day? Cause someone's listening, like many, like I, I know you have your job, you're kind of flexible. You could probably make your own schedule for the most part with your job. So it's like, how many hours are you committing, you know, maybe separated with like trading black shirt club and then total. So let me see. Um, I trade London. I'll trade New York. So that's around four hours right there. Cause it's a, I roughly trade two hours to two hours and a half each one. Okay. And then maybe an hour for DRCs. So that's, that's essentially what it is. Yeah. So about five, six hours a day, something like right. that. Yeah. Plus right. the days where you have a coaching call, that call takes an hour, 90 minutes sometimes. Right. So, yeah. And then Sundays we have our call. Yep. Yep. Okay. So why do you choose to trade London living in Florida, East coast time? Like I don't wake up to trade London. Why are you doing that to yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few reasons actually. Right. <laughs> well, James, exactly. James is actually the reason I'm doing this. So James had actually recommended to me to trade London just because I do trade Forex pairs. And it seems that Forex pairs move the best during London. I do trade oil in the US and US 500. Um, but when I came in, I really did much better with Forex pairs. So he made that recommendation to me. And I like the idea of also getting my day started earlier. So it just made more sense. And it's really worked out really well for me. So how are you prioritizing sleep? Because you know, this is the big thing now. Everybody's wearing a whoop band or doing something to track their sleep. How are you prioritizing sleep if you're waking up at 3 a.m.? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really honestly been one of the toughest things for me and something that I'm still trying to figure out. There are days where I, I am fatigued, um, but it's really trying to, I guess, take naps when I can. Um, because of my job, I'm very engaged. I'm more of an introverted person. So emotionally, it does take more out of me because I do have to give my clients the best. I deal with adults, but I also deal mostly with kids, uh, high school kids too. So they can be a little emotional. Sometimes you're sometimes more of a therapist than a coach sometimes also just dealing with whatever they have to go through. Yep. So being able to try to take naps and stuff like that, not do anything outside of working out that really stresses me for any of you who don't know. So I majored in sport and exercise science, emotional duress and mental duress is the same as physical duress. Your body perceives it the same stress is stress. So finding ways to relax will help you recover faster. Your body releases certain hormones that are not beneficial for your recovery if you're under stress, whether it's physical stress from like working out or mental stress or emotional stress. Good There's your little tidbit. <laughs> yeah. That's real good, bro. That's that's some really good information. That's, um, you know, I mean, because you see me, my Instagram stories, I'm sure you see I'm obsessed with going to this place now near my house where I'm doing like the cold bath and the compression stuff. So I'm obsessed with the recovery. Oh, that's awesome. I've been trying awesome. to get better with my sleep because- like I normally get to sleep around like nine or 10, but I need to sleep to like five or six. Like some days I'm up at five, some days I'm up at six, no alarm, just up. And I'm normally asleep by like nine or 10, somewhere around there. I can't do it earlier. I used to, when I was, you know, streaming and doing some other stuff back in the day. Remember James, I was up, I think we'd yeah. start the live room at like 5 a.m. And yeah, one until 11 a.m. straight. It was crazy, bro. And, but I was getting fatigued. So then think about the decisions I'm making at the end of the week. They're probably not really good decisions, right. you know? And See, that James. was what you were talking about in your report card last week. So maybe we should touch on that a little bit, James and, and Mandy, just on how like you guys together have worked on bringing awareness to fatigue. Is there something more to it than that that you've 
been because um, like I mean, once you're aware that okay, I'm not myself today, kind of like that C game stuff. Okay, pull yourself off. But what else have you guys been working on in that in that realm? Yeah, sure. So just with uh, Manny, I gave him the option. He, from his stats, he trades the forex pairs better. So I, I said you can either wake up early or you can move to South Africa. So he told me he doesn't deal with the, he doesn't deal with the blackouts yeah and the load shedding and power outages yeah this side. So he said yeah. he'll he'll wake up early. Um, but I think Manny makes it work because for him, him he told me that he can make it fit around his schedule. So we we always we actually had a call today. We we always do our calls around seven a.m. So and I and I've been speaking a lot to Manny about the timing. So Manny and his stats also just to get into it. Uh, he was trading based the first two hours of the London Open, and then there's like that gap time between the London session and the New York Open. And I told him, go have a nap then, have a nap, recharge your batteries, come back for the New York session. So just making it work, and and as many were saying, using naps to to recharge his batteries. Um, but just from that mental fatigue, and so many had a thing that we spoke about at, at uh, trading that I believe it was about two weeks ago, uh. Thursday or Wednesday, something. Anyway, he took an oil trade. I do believe it was oil, Manny, um, where yeah. he was trying to buy it. And it was one of his, so Manny, I've got, when he first came into the Black Shirt Club, was trading many entry signals, right? He was trading the A1, the D1, the D2. And I've, I found Manny that, uh, that Manny trades the D1 best from his stats, right? And his RC is the D1 best, uh, just looking purely from a break and retest of the Asian range in simple terms. Um but uh, so just eradicating all those other, the C games, C setups helped a lot. So on that day, Manny, I think it was like a Wednesday. He, it was just not a great setup. So, so just from mental fatigue, we spoke about that. And clearly um, Manny was, uh, you know, he had just start, I think you're preparing to take the challenge. So you're obviously eager to get into trades, but just the mental fatigue. And maybe you weren't well rested at that stage, but Manny and I have been really, really, I always ask Manny when we're in the London session, how are you feeling today? You, you, you're good. You're good. Because you know, you got to be self-aware in the fact like, okay, maybe today I'm a bit tired, especially if you're waking up at 3 a.m. It can take its toll on your body. Um, and then maybe, and we actually spoke today on a call about um, uh, only trading Monday, New York session, right, Manny? Only trading right. Monday, New York session and letting the London open happen on Monday because I haven't had a trade during London session and I trade predominantly the London session in about six six weeks, probably even more. So just, you know, letting London happen and coming on for New York, Um but yeah, Manny, you can maybe speak a bit more about how you have been able to work on, how we worked on your A, B, and C game and how you've dealt with times where you've been fatigued or, you know, less, and, and how that fatigue, and you know from sport, when you're tired, it's actually when you make more stupid mistakes. You'll do more silly things when you're tired. When you're fatigued, that's why when, when I was playing rugby, we would run first for an hour, 30 minutes, and then we'd start to do the ball skills, the ball work, because then you're actually more tired. And then you'd work, it gets your brain to concentrate underneath fatigue. But Manny, you can maybe speak about, about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the big things, and it goes back to how we, I guess, attacked my weaknesses when I first joined the Blackshirt Club, and it was um, focusing on one strategy. And... That really helped a lot because now my mind wasn't as clouded looking at so many different ideas, right? So what also came from that was I was able to realize this foundational strategy and then find little deviations of that strategy that would help get me into trades. So like James said, I do trade the D1. It is the thing I see the best. And that day specifically, um, since we brought it up that day, I could see like subconsciously the market didn't look quite clear to me but I was at the desk. I felt like I should be taking my trade. It was to a degree my trade, but one thing I didn't realize because I was under fatigue is that I was trying to I was trying to buy it while it was making lower highs and lower lows versus it going the opposite direction, right? So it was a break and retest, but the price action structure wasn't quite what it should have been. And subconsciously I could tell 
this looks kind of weird. This doesn't look kind of like I'm used to seeing it, but I still took that trade. So I knew there was something off. I couldn't tell what it was, but I took the trade anyway, as opposed to maybe if I wasn't so fatigued, I could have seen that and just stayed away, right? If you don't love something, you probably shouldn't enter that trade. But I think for me specifically, it's hard for me to trade under fatigue. So I'd rather just stay away. I'd rather, and this is this comes back to knowing yourself. And I'm sure Austin, Austin's spoken a ton about this. It's it's one of my favorite things that Austin says, and it's a question that he asks, would you be more pissed if? And I ask myself this question all the time. And for me is, would I be more pissed if I took an entry under fatigue and I lost? Or would I be more pissed if I didn't take the entry under fatigue and it ended up winning? And for me, it's losing money hurts worse than not making money. And I know that about myself. So I'd rather just not take the trade and lose out on a good signal, seeing that I read the signal and maybe growing more confidence in the fact that I can read the signal versus taking a trade that I'm unsure of and losing. Yeah, love that. And when I, in doubt, stay out. That's yeah. right. That, right. And I think that's many. I think that's one thing that we, we worked on a lot, right? Because remember, I always told you is that especially in the last like six months, I've been working on my trading. And instead of trying to make more money, cut out the, the unnecessary losses, right? So for example, like let's say you're a trader, trader A makes a hundred thousand, his, his, his uh, profits are a hundred thousand dollars in the year, but his losses equal $80,000 in the year. He's making good money, but his losses are, are, you know, almost eradicating them. So he's making net profit 20,000. But I spoke to many, I was like, if you just made $100,000 in the year, but you eradicated your losses down to 50 or $20,000 in the year, now you're making more money, but you're not having to go and actually hold your trades for longer. You're not, your winners for longer. You're not having to do that. You're just taking out the unnecessary wins. I mean, unnecessary losses and it, and it piles up your wins a lot more. So that's what we spoke about a lot when Manny came there. I saw that he's, he's, um, he, he can make money trading. Manny's been funded before he's made money trading. But it was just eradicating the unnecessary losses that he was taking that was hurting his, not only his trading capital, but his mental capital too. I love that. It, it's the same thing we've talked about a lot in the Blackshirt Club about like the reverse problem solving. It's like, if you're trying to get rich, figure out how to stay broke and don't do that. That's basically what this is. Right. In a trading. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. So exactly. I, I love that. I think that's a really good way to work it. So what pairs are you looking at, Manny? Give the audience some direction on like, how have you narrowed or broadened your watch list over time? And what would you recommend to a newer trader who's trying to figure out what pairs should I be looking at? Right, absolutely. So um, James is a big help with that because when I first got in, I must've been looking at like 22 different things at one time. Jeez, um, 22, right, bro. Right, it was a lot. It was a lot. But I think, and again, this goes to how dedicated are you as a trader, right? Because you need to collect statistical data to understand, okay, what is it that I do well? And that takes time and effort. So you need to be more serious and more intentional if this is something that you really want to do. And I'll get to, I'll answer Austin's question, but I really want you guys to understand this, this point, because it's really, it's such a big emphasis, man. Like, and you learn this, if you play sports at a high level, it's how much time do the people who are good, how much do they dedicate to what they're doing? And is that my same level of effort? So when I went to the seminar in Miami, I, I saw all the effort Austin was putting and I told myself, okay, I can't expect to see the results that he sees if I'm not even putting in half the effort he's putting in. So I had to challenge myself to put in that same effort. So again, like if you really, if you really want to grow in your trading, you have to track your trades. You really have to take that time and effort to see, okay, what trade, what pairs do I trade well? So I went from like 22, I think I'm down to 10. I can definitely still shorten it more, but I'd really like to have a little more time trading to see what pairs are my best pairs. Right now, I look at US 500 oil, um, 
GJ, GA, GCAT, and then EJ, EA, ECAT, and then EU and GU. Those are the pairs I trade right now. And like I said, I really would like to slim it down more, but I feel like I need at least maybe six months to a year to have a really good idea of the landscape for each of those pairs to see, okay, what does my statistical evidence show me I trade best and then make, make a decision based off that. I love that. Do you feel ever like it's hard to stay on top of that many pairs or did you feel that way before? And that's how you got to this number where you finally feel comfortable of like, okay, I kind of know what all of them are doing at this. At, once I'm in on the week, you know what I'm saying? Like you're by Tuesday, you kind of know which one is moving, which way. Right. Right, right. So I think I definitely do have a, a decent read on all of them right now. However, I wasn't aware that I didn't know how much I didn't know when I had 20 pairs. It wasn't until James shortened my list that I started to see the difference. So I can only see how much more would benefit me if I did it more. I just feel like I need a little more data before I do that. Yeah. So yeah, I do. I do see the difference. And I can tell for the most part, okay, this is this should move this way, this should move that way. However, I think I would be even more in tune with the pairs if I did cut it down more. Like you only trade spy and you're killing it. So it, it just goes to show, you know? So really, I feel like as you've progressed, the the saying, do less, do it better, do it bigger, you've kind of been working all three of those at the same time. So going forward, which one are you kind of focused on now? Is it the do less? Is it the do it better? Or is it the bigger? I think it's the less. I think it's the less because I still think to a degree I do overtrade. I think I could be a little more selective, but as I figure out what the nuances are, which you only get from focusing on one thing, and there's so many different nuances, man. Like, okay, where's the RSI at when you're entering the trade? How much has a liquid 50 been in your zone? You know, what does price action structure actually look like? There's so many little, what's the volume like? And for anybody else who might use a different indicator, you know, you have to have time with those indicators or whatever it is that you're doing to understand what the nuances are to each of those things. And it's different for every pair. So um, I think I think that's been a big one for me, just understanding that. Yeah, yeah. Which one are you enjoying trading the most? GJ, is it SPY? What do you look at? Like, where do you, is it oil? What do you like the most? So for the recently, it's been oil. Oil, yeah. whenever it's trending, just continues to trend. And it's been easier reads for me. Okay, so have you been following the fundamentals on oil more? Has that been helping you? Are you ignoring fundamentals with OPEC? and Because like, how is oil at 67 for US oil when we got the war in, in the Ukraine going on? Because remember when the war started, it went to 125 and everybody was freaking out and now it's at 67. So in the back of my mind, I've always felt like the oil price is so con controlled by the Saudis and whoever is controlling OPEC and all this other big, big influence on like the price of oil. So how are you riding that trend or like how are you seeing that macro picture no absolutely and we've talked about this that's something i definitely need to work on and i've had a little bit of a harder time recently reading it with everything that's been going on but i feel if i did know more about the fundamental side of that pair i would i could definitely do much better but it had been only technicals up to that point but it's as long as it's trending and you're not hearing anything about it it'll usually carry that trend but when you start to hear any turmoil or any um fear in the market about it you'll start to see it go a little more haywire obviously but I feel like that's another area that I'd like to improve on just but as a, that fundamental stuff. But as a day trader, does it, I, I would all say, I, and James, maybe you disagree or agree. I don't know. I, I feel like as a day trader, fundamentals matter a little bit less than they do for like a swing trader or a position trader. That person really needs to understand what's potentially coming. Like you don't care about the news next week if you're trading oil today, because you're just looking for a day or two move, right? Yeah, Absolutely. So kind of is a little bit easier in that sense, but still what I would tell you, you know, 
I've been trading for, I'm on my eighth year. When I was two years deep, I had no idea what fundamentals meant. Like I was seeing the Forex factory news and I could understand like there's a news event happening. I'm not an idiot, but I didn't know what, what it actually meant, what had meaning or not. And they change over time. So it's very interesting, like how oil might be impacted at one point by CPI and how it might not be impacted by CPI at a later time. It's very strange. Right. So it's very, right. I think it's because people think correlations happen 100% of the time if you see something correlated once. But that's just not how it is. Even if it's correlated right now, it's not 100% of the time. And most correlations break. Like Bitcoin to SPY last year was like this. Now, very different now. So yeah, interesting. Okay, James, anything you want to jump in on as far as uh, questions for Manny? Yeah, well, the, the fundamentals, that's not my game. <laughs> that's your game. Um, you are, you, dude, you're the fastest trader I know. One of the fastest <laughs> trainers I know. Yeah. So for so, <laughs> you, and you don't even trade news. So you're like dipping in and out around news. news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like for example, I'm looking at Eurocad longs. If it closed green as a bullish day yet today, if in tomorrow, into tomorrow, but we have Canadian dollar, what do we have? Canadian dollar interest rates tomorrow or is tomorrow, it Canadian yeah. dollar? Yeah, yeah, GPI, what's it? Yeah, CPI news tomorrow for the CAD. Yeah. GPI. Um, <laughs> Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, you see, I don't even want to. News, yeah, right. I'm like, G that's what you South Africans will call it, the GPI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I like to avoid the, the fundamentals, but just um, maybe something for many. Many, how do you see sports? Because I know many now on our conversation conversations, most of our analogies, or well, whenever I speak to anyone, but many I know I love using the sports analogies because you can understand them. How do you view sports and trading? And um, how, because just to put it out there, I think Manny's going to be a great trader for many years to come. Just to put it out there, I think Agreed. he's got great potential for many, boys. many years to come. Really he's a really good trader, but I, I think agree. he's going to be a great trader for many years to come. He's just, yeah, he's just got to believe in himself and carry on winning each day. Um, but just to, just to ask for the viewers, what, how do you view sports and trading as kind of like similar? What similarities do you feel that, like, you know, okay, cool, you, you, you understand sports. You, now you can translate that to the, the currency market or the, the First, trading what's market. your favorite sport, Manny? Favorite sport? Um, that's tough. I played baseball, so I'm a little biased to baseball growing okay. up. I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, so that's, that's what we do. That's what we do, bro. I feel that. All right. So big, big, big poppy. Big poppy. <laughs> yep, yep. All right. So do we feel like there's any direct – because I can't think of any baseball to trading references. So you got to have one for us, yeah? Oh, for sure. All right, give oh, us sure. Awesome. Absolutely. So a big part of baseball, like when you go up to hit, is having a plan. And I coach, obviously, right? So I coach high school. I coach college guys. I've coached minor leaguers before. So there's two different aspects that you want to focus on. So you focus on the mechanical side of a swing, right? Which would be the technical aspect of trading. But then you also focus on the mental aspect or the, the mental aspect of trading relates to what is your plan when you're at the plate ready to hit. So most guys will change their plan in the middle of an at-bat, which is why they tend to struggle. You can have perfect mechanics or you can have great technical analysis, but if your mindset isn't right, it's not really going to matter. So that's probably been the biggest correlation I've seen is having a plan, sticking to it, and then mastering yourself. You can't get emotional, right? You can strike out the first three times, but if you get hit a game-winning home run, your last at-bat, nobody really even recalls that stuff, you know? That's so. so true. That's great. I mean, I've never heard that explained that way because, I, again, I didn't play baseball, but that makes a lot of sense. There's so many references from sport to trading. Do you find that like you've seen growth within yourself now, especially with the reflection that you mentioned in the Black Shirt Club? Do you find that you've seen characteristics in yourself that you're like, oh, I want to amplify that because that's going to make me a better trader or I'm going to turn this one down because this is kind of hurting my trading. Has anything like that come up that might tie into sport as well? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think a big one is confidence, man. Like you have to be confident. You have to be like, regardless if things are going well, if things are going bad, you have to be confident and just believe in yourself and your ability to adapt. I think that's what makes trading so hard. And that's one of the things I'm, I'm realizing it more. And it's hard to even, I guess, articulate what it is that I'm trying to express right now, but it's, I can feel the difference in the market whenever, whenever I'm taking trades, I can feel when the market is more in my favor versus when it's not like last week was, was a much tougher week for me than the previous four weeks where it was just overflowing with opportunities. And I can't, it's hard for me to quantify or articulate what exactly it was that was happening. Um, I think maybe all the stuff with the banks really shifted how things look right now. And I think that uncertainty is what has changed in the market. That's made it harder for me to maybe read price action right now or keep things trending the way they were. Cause I feel like for the way I trade the D one has really, whenever I see something trending, it's easy to get in on a pullback. But whenever it's not, it's much harder to get in on those D ones because you're not sure if it's actually going to hold or not. But um, yeah. I think that's been that's really the biggest thing is just that confidence. You can't waver. You have to trust in yourself and trust in the work that you're putting in and just believing in it. I love that. Yeah. I mean, in every sport, that's all that matters is confidence. From getting right. girls to sports to trading, uh -huh. confidence yeah. is everything. No, seriously, right? like you could seriously. be the ugliest dude in the bar, right? And if you're confident. Like you, you, I know you've seen it, bro. I see these videos of like these fat dudes talking to hot girls at the bar, asking them questions to be filmed on TikTok. They're confident. Right. They go up saying, yo, we're going to film this. You want to be on video? They're confident and the girls talk to them. Same thing in trading. If you come into it, like you said, I know my strategy. I know what kind of trade I'm looking for. Those, when you're in those trades, don't they just feel better than when you do the other bullshit that we both, all three of us have done in the past, yeah, right? Absolutely. Where you're just slinging, absolutely. you're frustrated, right? When you're in a really good trade of, of your trade, you're like, oh, I'm, the, the heart rate doesn't move. That's a good way to describe all. it too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's so different too, because you can, and I know most people don't like this, but you can feel it. You can feel the difference. Yes. It's hard but to yeah. teach yeah. that though. And I'm sure you um, can relate that in sport, right? Because like when, when you're trying to teach someone experience, it's hard to quantify. So it's hard to pass that on to somebody. And that's why I really liked what you said at the beginning about like, you got to be committed to this. You got to work for this. You got to show up. You got to be at the desk. You got to put the work in. And I think that that's where confidence and hard work come together. And that's where people that become successful make it. It's a, oh, they're lucky. No, they were confident. They worked hard, it comes together and that creates opportunity. And then that looks like luck to the people that are not working. Right. Absolutely. That's literally so what one. Is. Yeah. One thing I just wanted to say with, with uh, Manny is that we've worked with Manny a lot about only trading one entry and exit system, right? The D one on the break and retest of the age range in simple terms. Then Manny has his entry, entry criteria, but I think another baseball term for, for that I've spoken a lot to many and many mentioned this earlier is that he used to often lose his first trade and then win his second trade, but being right. just switched on on the first trade, because if you hit the, your first trade in the day, you can be one and done. And I think that comes a lot to how, well, this is also what our, our, our reference to my one going for one R is you guys know, I like to trade one R with a, you know, 60 plus percent win rate. Um, is Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is a baseball player, he's a Hall of Famer, but he never had the most home or home runs, but he got to first base. He got to first base. And in trading, not all you got to do is wait for your pitch. And even if you bunt it to, to get to first base, it doesn't matter. You're still getting to first base. You're still, you're still in play for your team, right? And that's what I've been speaking to many a lot about. It's not every single time us as traders, we want to we want to try and swing, go out swinging for home runs, but it doesn't work in the, in the long scheme of things, in, in the grander scheme of things. You have to be thinking long-term. Just get to first base. Win the day, get to first base. Um, right. And whatever that looks like for you, just get to first base. Whatever it takes, you've got to get to first base because then you're in play. For, yep. for, for, for you then the next, then the next day you come in on a Tuesday and you get to second base. Now, yep. look, you haven't really done much, 
but you're already on second base. Right. And that's, right. you know, so that's, that's, how the, always... that's the compounding effect of small wins. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very interested in the thing you said, Manny, about like the batter comes up to the plate with a plan. When you say that, do you mean he knows if he's trying to hit it a single, if he's going to swing for the fence, if he's going to bunt, like, that's what you mean. He's kind of, I know what I need to do to kind of move the team forward. And then if that's what you're saying, how do you, when you say that for like trading, does that mean like I'm going to do my morning routine? I'm going to prep the right way, get my mind in the right place. So I know I'm coming in to the batter's box at the desk in the best possible position. Yeah, absolutely. So it it, it definitely touches on that also. Um, when I was thinking about it, I meant more as whatever your trading criteria is and trading your plan. But I you did touch on an important, uh, important topic, which is what is your pre-trading routine? What gets you ready to actually compete at your highest level? And I think that is also part of our, it's a part of our plan. So it should be a part of most people's plan because we do take the time to include it and make sure we're actually doing it. But yeah, absolutely. So a, a hitter will know, okay, what pitch am I trying to hit is the big one, right? And then what is it that my team needs right now? Do they need me to actually try to drive in runs or do they need me to just hit that single? And then playing to that, you know, understanding what is the situation that comes back to, okay, what is the market giving me? Because ultimately, even as a baseball player, you might want to hit a home run, but you can't if the pitcher won't give you the pitch you need to hit that home run. So what is it that the market is giving me and what am I willing to take? Yeah. Or am I going to get greedy and, you know? Yeah. Love that. Great analogy. Great analogy. Do you feel like there's any areas of your trading now as you're kind of coming to the end of the Blackshirt Club that you're focused on making improvements that maybe you would tell a newer trader to say, focus, start focusing on this sooner? Is there anything you would even just look back on your maybe in your journey so far? What would you maybe tell someone start doing this or focusing on this sooner? Yes, yeah, so I really do think it is the mindset, but okay. mindset as it relates to expectation. Okay. Right. Cause I, I had spoken to someone else in the back shirt club about this, who I think is an awesome trader and kills our markup game and is a really good trader. Um, how if you have a, a process focused mindset, the losses don't hurt you as much because you realize, hey, this is where I'm at. So I joined the black shirt club obviously because I know I wasn't where I wanted to be. So why wouldn't I be mentored by people who are doing what I want to do? Right. So if I'm gonna be in it, I'm gonna listen to them. So understanding that I shouldn't be winning right away because if I was winning right away, I think I'd know everything and I wouldn't be in the black shirt club. So just accepting where I'm at and understanding I need to make improvement. So my focus is on the improvement, not on winning the trade. And as I continue to improve, the wins will come. That was really the big shift for me. And it totally changed everything for me. Expectations, right, James? Yeah. You see that yeah, with I've everybody. Just pulled, I've just pulled this up, actually. The four agreements, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. So the don't make assumptions is don't no have expectations. any expectations. I think that's one of the biggest ones for me in my training is, is actually, you know, when you don't have any expectations, you actually um, you take the pressure off first of yourself so you have less stress. You're able to focus on just trading well, winning the day, trading well each and every single week, each and every single day. And, you know, in, in, uh, in, at the end of the day, you actually end up a lot farther than where you actually thought you would be if you have no expectations. Let's say your goal was to make 50 grand in the year. If you have no expectations, you know, sometimes you might just blow that past and make 150 grand in the year. So you, and then you're like, wow, geez, I had no expectation uh, three times what I thought I would, you know, or my goal was. So, and it feels a lot better then. Um, yeah. But I think as many were saying, like the expectations just, cut you up as we were speaking about in the beginning of the of the of the uh, before we started filming but like when you're in a challenge you know you have that expectation of you need to make eight percent but if you just come in with the mindset of i'm going to trade the same way i would if i was trading when i when i'm funded then you know things just the weight of the chest just it comes off your chest basically yeah so yeah it's a big one 
every trader that I worked with that's now doing well would tell new traders the same thing, Manny. It's the expectations. They get in the way of our potential growth path. The expectations make you just, you live in a reality that just sometimes, like I said, slows you down. So it's really good to remind new traders to say like, no, just be humble. Come into it being humble. Know where you're at. See how long it takes most people to get good at this. And if you settle into that, I think what you end up figuring out pretty quickly is, do you really love markets? Do you love them enough to make this make you money? Or do you just want to try to make some short-term cash and this isn't the vehicle for that? You know. So I think if you settle into that, you can answer that passion question pretty quickly. And that's a big deal. I mean, Manny, at this point, you would say, even if I took all your money away, you would still try to figure out a way to trade. Am I wrong? Oh, sure would. <laughs> right. So it's like when you when you're that in love with trying to understand markets, why do you like it so much? Like because sports, it's different. Sports is problem solving puzzles in a different way. This is just a different type of problem. So I'm curious what attracts you to trading so much. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things that attract me to trading. One thing I like about us specifically, though, ASFX is the community because um, I think about Chris. So I actually watch Chris podcast and I, I kind of had that growth mindset, but he really helped me in his podcast, like lean into it when he said that he was taking the whole year to figure out how to trade his trade. Right. And I was like, that's awesome. But that's why he's going to be good. That's right. why he's going to be just fine. Yep. But um, uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question one more time? No, I was just saying like, in in the direction of you trying to, I guess now you got me thinking since you're saying ASFX itself kind of gives you the community to to facilitate that growth. What are you trying right. to improve on, if any areas of the trading now that you finished the program? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the big one for me is do less, do less. I got to figure out how to really what are my true best trade setups, because we can see our trade. It might not, but what grade is that trade, right? Does that make sense? Right. So understanding, but that comes to those nuances and you only figure it out when you lose. When you lose, you start to see, okay, well, this is this was different than it was this time. And then I can compare my markups and say, okay, this is my trade setup. But it goes back to the effort you're willing to put in, right? But that's really the thing I'm trying to figure out. How is it that I can increase my win rate by doing less? What is it that I'm not seeing that I should be seeing that will allow me to then take the best trades? I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, and then I think the other one was what, what, what? Why do you love trading so much, Manny? Besides, right, money, right, right, right. Money. Yeah, that was the other one. So obviously, making money is a big one. Um, yeah. We all like to be financially okay, right? I think money will solve money problems, and you're left with regular problems. But it's nice yeah. to just have those money problems figured out, right? Yeah, um, sure. I think also just the free time. I really like to have time to do what I want. I don't really like having to ask somebody for permission to maybe take off to spend time with family, or if um, I want to catch my cousin's graduation, she's graduating from uh, college soon, like having to ask for time. I think that's really the big thing to be able to devote more time to the things I'm also passionate about. I also love how trading is like your own space. You can create a space for you that you like that fits however your personality is. So looking at one thing I like to look at um, is different people's trading spaces. So James' space looks different from Austin's space and Tom's space. And then I like my own space. I have a bunch of RGB stuff. I have multiple screens. I like having a space that is just mine. I feel very comfortable in my space. I'm naturally introverted. So again, I like my space and I like alone time. So I think that's one of the things that I like about trading.
is I don't feel as exhausted when I do it. Well, I do right now, but as I grow, yeah. I'll learn to deal with it better. But even um, I pour out a lot of myself when I have to coach people. So that's one thing I like about trading. I can just be by myself. Yeah. Love that. All right. Last question for you, Manny. Sure. Any final advice to a, a new trader who's listening to this? They just found the day trading show because they you know, searched the keyword. What advice would you tell them? to focus on the most in their first year, if you could give them one simple thing? I think it would be, um, and we've said it again, it's your mindset, have realistic expectations and then be intentional with your time. So if you see that you're making mistakes, I would target those mistakes and then work on fixing each one of those mistakes individually. And I promise you, you will become a better trader, but that does require quite a bit of intentionality and effort. As long as you want to put in those things, you don't have to be the smartest person to be a trader. You just have to really be committed to the process and then being willing to master yourself, look at yourself, understand where you're at and just accept it and learn how to deal with it. Maybe not erase those things, but deal with those things. I love it. Manny, I appreciate the time very much. I'm sure everybody enjoyed this episode. We'll see what the comments say. People listening, if you listened all the way through, we really appreciate it. Put some questions for Manny in the comments and we'll make sure to go through those on the next episode when we bring Manny back maybe later this year to check in, see how things are going. But James, I appreciate you as well. I know the audience does. And uh, I think that's a great one, boys. This was fun. Thank you again, Manny. James, you the man. Everybody listening and watching. Thank you very much. We'll see you in the next episode.